Hey guys! Sam and I had a great time recording this episode and we were thankfully able to get all of the questions answered. But it also meant that we ran a little bit long, so this is the first part of our Q&A conversation. Apologies for the abrupt ending. It only means that there's more good stuff coming next week. Hope you enjoy! For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands Of a God who never sleeps Fear not, little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands of a God who never sleeps. Hey, and welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. And I'm Sam. And this week, we decided to take a break from some of the more serious topics and do a Q&A. We got a lot of feedback on our Q&A post in the group, so we are super pumped to attack some of these questions and answer some of the more pressing things that people have on their minds. So which question seemed the most interesting to you, first off? Uh, I think they were all pretty great and pretty thoughtful, too. Yeah. Um, one that I definitely liked was the one that's a little bit more personal. If your parents didn't gentle parent you, how did you decide to look for another way? And what was the selling point, quote unquote, for you? And that one is from Jamie and our Tending Lambs community group. Uh, do you want to go first? you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, yeah, my parents definitely did not gentle parent us. <laughs> um, the thing that led us to looking for a different way was actually because the more and more we tried to um, become strict and consistent with punitive parenting as we were kind of guided to with our oldest uh, the harder it got for him um, the harder it got for him to regulate his emotions the more he hulked out as we like to say when he was having explosions and stuff like that he's really sensitive and he has really big emotions um, and there really just was no calming him down in a punitive manner. And so essentially we got desperate. That was kind of what, what happened. And it was just like on a whim one day I was like, okay, we like, let's just stop spanking. Let's just stop spanking and see if it helps. And my husband probably thought I was kind of crazy, but he was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And I, that was kind of our intro because I was like, well, if we're not spanking, what, what are we supposed to be doing? And I think the selling point, if there was one, was when we realized that gentle parenting is about connection. And for me, that that is such a greater model of God's love for us, um, to model God's love for us um, to our children rather than just trying to control them. And honestly, it was there was a lot more peace. We still struggle, but there just it was it was kind of a quick turnaround on some of the behaviors that were a little bit more concerning with our kids and with us it helped us to really reflect um what did you guys first start using like in any books did you have any friends that were gentle parenters because not a lot of people will start there 
did you, was there something that inspired you that was like, hey, oh, this is a different way of doing things? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't have any podcasts and I was just kind of, it's hard for me to sit down and really read a book. And I don't think I considered it. We were kind of coming off of the like shepherding a child's heart train and stuff. So I didn't know about parenting books other than oh, stuff yeah. like that. But a lot of what helped was actually, or got my attention, was actually articles on Facebook. And a lot of them were more, um, were more related to helping your child who's on the spectrum or who has ADD or ADHD. Mm. And for some reason, those just, um, yeah, those just, they popped out to me. They had a real, they had a lot of practical advice. So I think that's where we really started. And we do wonder if um, our oldest does have some, some sensory issues or things like that. So it was also appropriate for us to, to look into. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for me, I, I've outlined this before, but for those who don't know, um, I was a nanny for a long time and a full, well, full-time consistent babysitter for, for a few different families. Um, and I also worked in a Montessori for a, t- a Montessori school for a time for a couple of years. And so with other people's families, you of course can't spank their kids. But they're, <laughs> but they're still, um, you know, the, the punitive option is, is on the table. So that was kind of the beginning step. I had to obviously not use physical punishment. But then when I started at the Montessori school, it just clicked. Everything kind of made sense. I, I saw how they interacted with the kids, and it wasn't permissive at all. And these kids were responding to discipline and to conflict and to boundaries in such a like different way than I had seen most kids responding to those things. And so that was like a huge turning point for me in accepting it. Um, The only thing was like, I still felt really like, well, I still have to spank because the Bible says I have to spank. So (laughs) you know, there was that last hurdle of like, well, too bad, Katie, you know, this is really awesome. But, um, you know, at the time I was thinking, well, God, God's way is the best way. And this, this way may look really great, but, um, if God's word says that this isn't the way you do things, then it's just not the way you, you know, you should do things. So I, I started looking into the biblical, you know, perspective of this, and it was, of course, like really lacking. Uh, oh, but by the way, this is after my my husband, now husband, but at the time, a uh, guy I was just talking to, said that the thing that he would not abide in a relationship was spanking, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, there, <laughs> there's that. You know, I I really have to decide how I feel about this, like where I stand. So, right. the biggest catalyst, because you know, it's easy to kind of put these decisions off until, like, you know, you really have to think about them. And I did. So, um, yeah, I started looking into the biblical background of of this, and and realized that at the very least, the Bible didn't tell me, didn't mandate that I had to spank my kid. And so I was like, all right, well, then I could, that's where I can start. I can start there. And just since then I've been, yeah, 
realizing more and more that it's a bit stronger than just, um, you know, you don't have to spank. Right. When you realize yeah. this entire philosophy and you're like, whoa, a whole new world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to take another question? Sure. Okay. Is there one that stood out to you? Um, yeah. One of the things that I really wanted to hear from you on, um, cause I've done this in, uh, you know, in a school setting, but I've never had to do this with my own kids, obviously, because I only have one, uh, and not day in and day out because, you know, you're in a school, you can leave. So, uh, but this one from Alana, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> from Alana, Alana, she said, um, how do you handle meltdowns with other young children who need care? And that one's a big one for me. Ooh, that one's a, yeah, that one, that one's a big one for me. Um, yeah, that is, that is tough. Cause I mean, even if you're not considering meltdowns, just juggling the kids for lack of a better term, it's difficult. You have a lot of little people who need different things at different times. And sometimes that's just your attention and that can be the hardest thing to give them. Um, I think you have to communicate really well in letting them know that you're important to me. Um, I'm trying to help your brother right now. Do you see how he's really upset? Um, so what you have to say or what you want to do is super important to me. Can you wait right here or can you go read a book for a minute and I'll get like, I'll kind of, I'll come around when I can. Um, and sometimes they don't like that answer. So that can be kind of hard. I don't think there's a super simple equation for this. I think it really depends on each kid too, because my four-year-old can understand more than my two-year-old and my seven-year-old can understand more than any of them. Um, I think having things for them to do and places for them to be like mm -hmm. my two and four year old really, really, really love crafts. So I've noticed that it's easier for them to kind of, um, to handle the situation in which I can't respond to them as quickly if they can go get out their markers and color. Mm -hmm. So it's doing something kind of structured, but that they have creative freedom over, um, just kind of making sure everyone has a place to be and yeah. does feel heard and does feel acknowledged. Yeah. I think that was um, one of the biggest things that helped me when I was working with littles at the school was just making sure each kid really felt connected with. And like one of the things that can be really confusing for people when they first start with GP is like all this talk about connection because they think it has to be this like long drawn out, super emotional, like I'm connecting with you, you know, kind of thing. Like you have to give all. <laughs> Let us meditate. Yeah. <laughs> Let us focus on each other. And it really doesn't like what connection is, is if I ask my husband something and he looks at me in the eye and responds, even if it's just a like two or three word response, he's connected with me and I know that he's paying attention to me. And that's the connection I need. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like it's, it doesn't always have to be this like big, you know, emotional thing. Just this like, hey, I see you, I hear you. You know, you don't even have to say the words, just communicate that with your body language. I see you, I hear you, I understand. And I'll be with you when I can. And honestly, it's a, it's not a one like you know immediate like uh, 
everybody's going to be happy about this kind of thing. Right. But, right. But like over time, as you build that up and you show them, like you actually mean that, you know, you connect with them and then you do come back, you circle back around and say, I'm sorry that, you know, took a little bit longer than you would have liked. How can I help you now? And so over time that really builds into just the whole dynamic, you know, yeah, I think the acknowledgement is just so important. And um, something that I learned from my friends a long time ago is I noticed that her girls, her girls are wonderful. They're such sweet girls, but they, um, when they come up to her, they put their hand on her if they want to say something and she's talking to somebody else. And I tried that, but I didn't realize something that she was doing is that to acknowledge that their hand was on her and that they needed something, she put her hand on theirs. And it was just kind of like, I know you're here. Um, I want to listen to what you have to say and I'll be with you in just a second. Oh, and it was amazing. so sweet. Yeah. yeah. And it worked so well for them. And I think it's, um, it's a little hard to put into practice sometimes because when you have a two or a four year old, they kind of, they get a little antsy, but just, yeah, as you said, like kind of, as you build the trust that like, yes, I will, I am acknowledging you and I will get right. to you. Like I promise. And it's important to me that it, the situation becomes more, more calm and consistent. Right. So did you have another favorite? You want to go on to a new, a new one? Oh, here's one that I liked. If you don't mind. Um, yeah, go for it. Christina Perks asked, is gentle parenting really the best description? Gentleness is just one virtue. GP encompasses more than that. Using the word gentle could confuse the overall focus. What other virtues are part of GP? And this, so I came to um, to GP, you know, what we call gentle parenting now, uh, through an online philosopher that calls it peaceful parenting. And there are so many different terms for gentle parenting, but that's the one that I, per- that personally resonates with me the most because of at least in my mind, and maybe I'm just way too philosophical about this, but in my mind, what it takes to maintain peace is respect, is gentleness, is care, is Mm -hmm. strong boundaries. Like to maintain peace, you have to have order. You have to have all, you know, it really encompasses everything. So for me, I really prefer the term peaceful parenting, but I have used the term gentle parenting because that's kind of um I think the norm everybody knows what that is yeah 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 for me I actually find myself um I will refer to gentle parenting quite often just because everyone knows what that means usually um but I like respectful parenting Mm. I feel like that encompasses a lot because respect encompasses a lot and it kind of gets to the heart of the issue um, as well as grace centered parenting, yeah. especially when you're talking to other Christians. Cause if you say gentle parenting, I mean, like she said, gentleness is one virtue and a lot of people can take that as, oh, so you're a permissive parent <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so respectful parenting and grace centered parenting because grace is, I mean, essentially one of the most important things for us and from us. Um, mm-hmm we all survive off of God's grace and yep. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. A hearty amen. Amen. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, this one really struck me. If you don't mind, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm taking all of these, but um, they're all good. They are all good. Yeah. So from Skylar Mendoza, she asks, at what point do you explain to your kids that we're all sinners in need of a savior in regards to their behavior? We give a lot of reasoning behind behaviors like it being developmental, age appropriate, etc. If we're constantly giving reasoning for their behaviors, how do we point them in the direction of why we need Jesus? I fully believe both are important, but I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to apply both. And this one, yeah, this one, I really feel this tension, I guess it's not incredible amounts of tension, like you can handle both of them, but I feel that like the balance of doing this, like really in my bones, like I... I struggle with the balance here. I'm not going to lie. Like of even just thinking about it myself. Um, one of the ways that I try and think about it um, was it, it, there's a practical example of if a child is hitting and it comes from frustration. Of course, we recognize that the, um, the, Right, we recognize their right to be frustrated, but that it can cross over into sinful anger and that it can cross over into sinful behavior as well. And so, um, one of the ways that you could possibly uh, approach a situation where, say, your son is hitting uh, another child, and you say, Let's work on where you're, uh, ways to help you calm down in a nice way so that we can help you not sin against your brother because hitting is sinful and it's, it hurts God's heart and it hurts your friend. Now that is a practical way to do that in, in one type of moment. That's not an overarching approach to how you would, um, you know, teach them generally about sin, but it is a way, you know, to talk with him in a moment where it's easily understood and easily explained what what it looks like to sin and to say you know your frustration is okay but you know that what the level of anger that would bring you to hit your sister or to hit this other little kid is is not okay and we want to help you not get there but if i'm being really honest one of the things that i struggle with is um, sharing exactly how to turn to Jesus in those moments and not just rely on calming down, you know, through physical activity or through brain reintegration activities, you know, things like that. Um, it, yeah, I guess this is something I probably should talk through, uh, more often with you and Abby because it's, I'd like to hear how you approach this or how you, you would like to approach it. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Like it, for me, it's really yeah. easy to say like, Oh, well let's calm you down. Let's cool you off. So you don't sin against your brother. Um, and I think that there's a place for that and that's legitimate, but how also do you teach to, uh, or do you encourage to rely on Jesus in those moments and not just yourself? Um, yeah, and I think it doesn't come naturally to a lot of us. It might be easier for us to talk to an adult about 
things like this about the gospel and I mean for Christ but when it comes to our children I mean they the developmental differences it can be hard to gauge where they're at what we should say when we should say it if we're saying it wrong and it's a lot of pressure um so a few things for us um and I mean we did start this journey essentially and I mean the gentle parenting journey but also just the more connecting with our kids journey as well as being biblical parents and sharing the gospel with them. I think, feel like it all, so yeah, all of these things kind of came at us at once and we had all of these revelations, but, um, so ours are a little bit older, at, at least our, our oldest is a little bit older than everyone else who kind of has like one and two year olds and stuff, um, and is asking these questions, but something that like an opportunity that presents itself over and over and over is, um, it's kind of like, just like you mentioned, getting frustrated and how you can act out of sin in that. And that became an opportunity for me to talk to my son in particular. Um, and you really don't have to, you don't have to stop yourself from having these conversations with them just because you don't think they'll understand. So I would talk to my two year old about this as well. Um, and just, I mean, pray that, that the seeds planted are are nurtured. Yeah. But um talking to my son about like, man, I see you're really frustrated with your sisters right now. And I get really frustrated too. And a lot of times I get really angry. And all I can do really is to remind myself um who made me and why, why we need to be mm-hmm. kind to others and what I need. And so we can't on our own um soften our hearts, but we can, we can pray. We can pray right now that mommy will soften her heart towards you guys and be more gracious and patient. And that maybe we can pray that, um, that your heart will be softened towards your sisters because I know that they can really frustrate you, but we don't want to act out against them. They're made in God's image too. Um, and kind of our, our root for a lot of this conversation and, trying to connect the dots for them has been, um, catechizing them. Um, so this is just, um, I think this is based on one of the shorter catechisms, but, um, what is it that we worked on like five questions for a couple weeks and then we just branched out from there, but who made you God? What else did God make? God make all, God made all things. Why did God make you in all things for his glory? How can you glorify God by loving him and doing what he commands? Why ought you glorify God? Because he made me and takes care of me. Um, and, a a while down the road, they get to what is sin and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think just having these answers and, um, just having these answers to refer back to when we're having these discussions is a really helpful tool. And uh, one of the questions, where do you learn how to love and obey God in the Bible alone? And so just knowing that we do get all of our answers from scripture, from God's holy word and be able to refer back to that when we're having these hard conversations with our kids, it's almost like we have a place to meet them if we're doing things like, like with the catechism and stuff. Right. And, you know, now that you're kind of saying all this stuff and I'm just processing as you're saying it, um, I'm thinking also that a really good way to approach this possibly it would be to, um, to approach it even just from a, um, just a presentation of the gospel 
not, you know, not even, hey, let's help you not sin. But in those moments where they do sin, like just taking that opportunity to, you know, say that we all fall short and we all do these things and we all have reasons and there are ways that we can help ourselves kind of avoid those. But, you know, because we're human and because we uh, live in a sinful flesh and in a sinful world that uh, we do these things. And so those, you know, those moments are really perfect teaching moments, not just to say, you know, practically speaking, how can we help prevent this? But in the event that we don't, and we don't have the patience or we don't have the presence of mind to, um, to stop ourselves from hitting or, you know, we just, our, our anger overcomes us, you know, and we, we act on those urges, um, what can we, what can we do in those moments? We can go to Jesus. And why can we go to Jesus? Because he died for us. He made that possible. And I think um, a really big opportunity that, right. I think a really big opportunity that presents itself too is when we sin against our kids and Mm. we repent. Um, That was, that's not something that I grew up with, honestly. And so when I realized that I was, that I was, I was sinning against my children. I mean, we yeah. sinned against everybody we're in contact with all the time, but um, to go to them and be like, man, I've, I sinned against you and I am so sorry. And I need to ask you for forgiveness and I need to ask God for forgiveness. Um, yeah. That's also an opportunity, not only to model it, but to further explain why, why does mommy need to ask God for forgiveness yeah. um, and why we need this. There's also some really great books, um, some really great, great children's books. And the one that comes to mind for me is um, The Biggest Story by, I think it's Kevin DeYoung. Mm-hmm. And it's beautifully illustrated, but it just really, it's like a concise illustration of the gospel and why we need it. So I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of ways to kind of work it into our daily lives with our kids. Yeah, I think you're right. I like those, I like that answer. Um, so let's go on here. We still have a few, a few more to hit. Um, yeah. Oh, there are two that are pretty similar. I think we could take them both at the same time. I think you see which ones I'm talking about. The, how do you handle friendships? How do you handle friendships with peers who are not, are so not gentle parents to their kids, uh, who are your kid's age? And the next question from Jamie. So that was from Bethany Finn uh, Maffey. And this is from Jamie Lynn. Um, how do you respond in conversation with older generations who object to the GP they see you adapting? So there are definitely two different situations and you might approach them a little bit differently, but they're pretty similar though too. Okay. So Sam, how do you respond to people in general when they totally do not dig your parenting style. I have to say that as much as I'm, I mean, I don't enjoy being confrontational, but I come off as confrontational quite a bit is that I have learned to step back and listen to people when they are venting about it, because I feel like primarily the situations you will come across is someone criticizing 
your parenting or venting about it to you. And so it might not be the best opportunity to be like, Hey, so I see you're interested in this. Um, yeah. So just to, and sometimes I'm really tired and so it's kind of hard <laughs> to, to dive into the conversations. I would say boundaries. Boundaries are very, very important. Gauging yeah. what the person's intent in is intent is in talking to you um and sometimes it is much better to I mean you can go in the direction of like I hear what you're saying and that you're really concerned about this um this is where we're coming from and we kind of like or for us would be like oh we started out that way we really did and what happened for us and kind of giving a personal testimony but sometimes (laughs) it's better to kind of let it lie and maybe later Facebook message them or text them and be like hey so I just wanted to give you some um, resources that might show our perspective a little bit better. Yes. Um, so, um, along that line, I think you making that, uh, note about like trying to discern someone's intent and why they're trying to talk to you about gentle parenting. Like that to me is such a huge one. And it made me think of, um, something Carrie said to me, that's Carrie Baldwin, for those of you who don't know. Shout out to Carrie at Mere Liberty. She's great. Got a podcast. You should listen to it. Um, she was, we were talking about boundaries and about manipulation and about getting into discussions with people who are manipulating you or who are just bullying you and how often boundaries have nothing to do. Well, it's not that they don't have anything to do with the other person, but it's more about giving yourself permission to do or not do something. And that can be really hard for us. Like for example, say giving yourself permission to be seen as uh, a bad parent, to be honest, like, and and just saying, you know what, I'm not going to change their mind and I'm going to give myself permission to walk away from this. So there's, it's not just to be seen as a certain thing, but to, I'm going to give myself permission to walk away from this conversation and not have to get into it with this person because I recognize that it's going to be fruitless for the most part. And of course that's, you know, individual, it should be left up into individual, you know, situations. You can't just blanket that. Right. But, um, right. <laughs> But yeah, giving, I think one of the biggest things is really discerning someone's intent, trying to see if they're really wanting to listen to you or if they're just wanting to to talk you down Uh, and then giving yourself Mm -hmm. permission to walk away. Because I think the thing about these questions is that it's, it's obvious, at least to me, that you're not referring to someone who is really genuinely interested because if they were, then it wouldn't be a problem. right then there would be no conflict (laughs) right then there would be if they're genuinely interested and they just have some pointed questions then you know you just answer them the way you would anybody else but if it's a problem and they're making i feel like you know yeah at least like you know when someone's like asking genuinely the tone is different what they're asking is usually different um yeah it's just you're almost surprised the time so right. it's not going to catch you off. it might catch you off guard but it's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's my that's my big answer is try to figure out if someone is actually seriously entertaining your idea and listening to you and if they're not then give yourself permission to walk away let them think what they want to think and that's hard really, really right because hard. you're not 
not gentle parenting for the sake of image and a lot of times it's kind of in spite of the image yeah. honestly but yeah. you're gentle parenting to to the glory of god and for your kids and for yeah. you and your family and it's just like any other decision that's best for your family is you don't really owe it to anybody to give some defense like like you're on the stand yeah so okay so those those questions were kind of similar except now I'm rereading this one from Bethany and I'm thinking, you know, this is a really important thing. Like hand, like not just communicating about gentle parenting with people who don't agree, but like handling friendships with Being peers. Yeah. Like, and, and people, you know, like parenting is such a huge thing and I'm so blessed to have you and, uh, and Abby and the other admins of Tending Lambs because we can all really relate to each other. We all have littles and we're all, um, even though some of us have older kids and some of us only younger, we're all in like similar boats. You know, we are not the norm in our communities. Like it can, you know, you really, it is really difficult to try and maintain close and intimate friendships with people who, I mean, fundamentally view your parenting as unbiblical and damaging you know how how do how do you how have you navigated that have you navigated (laughs) this is the question Um, I think it, it really like comes into play when when the kids are needing correction or discipline or separation or something like one intervention needs to happen in a play date is kind of like where everything seems to come to a head which actually um, plays into becca's i'm gonna pronounce yeah it's becca zong or zang uh how to talk to our kids about spanking it's talking to the kids but it's kind of the same situation uh, when they see other kids being spanked and parented in non-gentle ways like that conflict how do you yeah how do you get through that with your friends and with your kids. Yeah. Um, I think one of the hardest things that comes up in, in the scenario where you're with peers or even family members that have kids that are um, your kid's age and you either feel this expectation to do something or they are kind of like, why aren't you doing something? Yes. Um, <laughs> I struggle with that. I've, I've frozen a few times, um, honestly, like, especially on days where I'm really tired or overwhelmed, or I'm already struggling with like my kid's behavior or my attitude. Like if I'm feeling triggered, it can be, there can be a lot that goes into these situations. Um, so how do you handle the friendships with peers? Uh, Sometimes boundaries. I know we always come back to boundaries, but there are certain families that it may be best to kind of have longer breaks from it if there's conflict in the play dates or if there's a lot of, especially if it's causing stress with the kids, like, like one kid's being whooped for something and the other kid is, is being talked to that can, that can be, can be kind of a stressor for the kids too. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I guess it would really depend on how much it's being confronted by the friend. Yeah. Or not being confronted. If there's like this huge elephant in the room, if they're just like, spanking their kids a bunch and you don't really want your kids around that right well see that's one of the things that like cornet and i for those of you that don't know cornet is my husband um 
we've talked about, you know, how we're going to handle this when we get back to the States, because most people here, so in Christian circles here, the spanking is used, um, but don't tell the Dutch authorities because it's illegal. So <laughs> sorry, everybody. Uh, so, so there's that. Uh, but they do, they do use it, but nobody, it, it doesn't come up as much, I guess, um, in conversation. Like, I, for some reason, Americans are really, this may sound totally not nice, but they're really obsessed with spankings. And if, and it, I, <laughs> right. and if it comes up, it's going to get heated, you know? And uh, here they kind of just avoid it. They don't talk about it. It's, some, it's something hush-hush. Like, you would never find... Uh, the situation or in most families you would never find a situation where people just spank their kids right in front of you like um or like out in public in the parking lot or in a grocery no. store <laughs> oh my goodness no so we haven't had to confront it here as much um but we know that we're gonna have to when we get back to the states and so one of the things one of the boundaries that we both agree on really strongly is that people will not be spanking in our house and yes i think that is one that you can kind of set up um and and people will take that however they want like they might just not come over anymore or they might respect it right and i think that is probably a pretty good litmus test for where the relationship where the friendship is going to go if they can respect that boundary in your house um or if it's kind of a deal breaker for them um because if it's a deal breaker for them, then that kind of gives you your answer, you know, about how close exactly you can be with them. Um, I was going to say that in regards to it happening in public, like if you're at the park and your friend starts laying the smack down on their, right. <laughs> on their kid, a lot of the time I feel like the, like feeling the need to spank the kid comes from a place of frustration or being overwhelmed or, being embarrassed and so there are times where I think it's totally appropriate to not necessarily like step in and separate them but be like hey do you need like can I take the baby you're holding can I get them a snack can I take them over to the swings like right kind of like just gently offering yourself up um and I mean most of the time people will be like yeah sure that'd be great um, sometimes not so much. Sometimes they'll totally reject any offer of help and be like, he's just being terrible right now and I need to take care of it kind of thing. And yeah. that's a lot harder to deal with. And I think some of those circumstances are ones that would need to be like, like if I would pray about it and consider like where we are in our relationship and maybe right. reach out to them um, privately rather than in the heat of the moment. Not like not in the house. I totally agree with the like, please don't. Please don't hit your kids in my house. This is a this right. is a house rule. It's a safe place. Yeah. Okay. So I have a another related question for you that's not here, um, but it, it's like really related. So it's almost the same question. Um, if you say the situation is one where you see a parent being extremely upset and and emotional, whether it be angry or really, really having struggling, having a hard time and they're having a standoff with their kid and it becomes extended. You know how some of those, like, I'm sure you understand from before your, your gentle days, those standoffs can take a long time because if you're not willing to back down (laughs) and your kid's not backing down, you know, 
it can it can get pretty pretty tough. So if you're in that situation and you're seeing this interaction happening, whether they're at your house or you're at theirs, like, um, do you just sit there and watch it happen? <laughs> um, bringing up the, the awkward scenario now. Um, yeah, real awkward. That's how I'm feeling. Like, okay, so uh, maybe this is me just picking your brain as I prepare to come back to the States and probably see a bunch of these situations. And so, like, Sam, tell me what to do before I get there. Um, I would say that there's a lot of cases where you can kind of gently intervene. So, I don't know, a lot of the times when this happens for me, there's a lot of kids around and involved. And so it's kind of easy to be like, hey, do you, I can, like, they can go outside and jump on the trampoline or like, do you need something? If you guys need some space, there's, and not giving them like the, hey, go spank them in this room. But like, if, if he needs like a, some time to relax or you guys want to read a book together or something, like you're more than welcome to go over in this space or, or sometimes just asking how you can help, I think, because there were times in grocery stores, it's always little old ladies, but where I'll be struggling with a kid, even now where I think someone, especially a seasoned mother and grandmother can just tell that like, that one of the kids is that there's a battle of the wills going on and sometimes you're not really sure what to do or you're kind of stuck and trying to regroup and a lot of times the little ladies will come up and be like I like your dress and are you and mommy having fun at the store today and stuff and I would say in that circumstance it's a little bit more culturally appropriate to interrupt um whereas if you're having like a stare down with your two-year-old at someone's house you might really be put off by someone intervening but I just remember that those times happening were like I didn't know what to do and I was embarrassed and overwhelmed and so someone else kind of interrupting the situation Mm -hmm. was really helpful just for me to get my bearings well I know for me as a kid that if there was a situation where that type of thing was happening with between me and my mom or usually it was between my sister and my mom because my sister was the one that was like my mom the most (laughs) so they were both (laughs) sorry both of you (laughs) are getting real here that they're both uh they both can be really stubborn and uh they had the most standoffs and so in those situations where it's like the tensest um someone coming in or having a knock at the door or my dad kind of coming in and, and gently, you know, intervening, however, or saying, you know, Hey, it's, it's dinner time. Like, let's do something else here. You know, was like such a, <laughs> like such a breath of fresh air because those, those moments where things are really tense, they're not just tense for the adult, you know, they, that standoff and that that's happening is not coming from a place of happiness from a kid and like wanting to just be the little boss. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, it's their, not that it wasn't their decision before, but it gives them the opportunity to choose to continue. And if they want to continue in that battle of the wills with their kid, I mean, you're not really, there's really not much you can do. It's just, just going to have to kind of play out, honestly. I, you know, going back to boundaries, I think if that were happening consistently, though, that I would have to not 
I don't think I could be around that for very, very often. Yeah. And you do have to consider how it is affecting your kids. And I mean, you can't do much for the other kids that are in that situation. Like if there's siblings around and it just keeps happening, cause that's kind of apparently the dynamic that's going on in their lives at their house and wherever they are, but at least keeping your kids separate from, I mean, that would cause, I feel like that would cause my kids some anxiety, especially yeah. Weston. Um, he's really sensitive to social interactions. Yeah. Well, that goes on to what Cassandra said in response to Becca. And she said that her four-year-old, um, let's see here. When he was three, he saw another little one getting spanked and it was really, really uh, upsetting for him. And he asked later, you know, mommy, it's not nice to hit, right? God doesn't want us to hit people. And so it would really upset her and it upset him. And so I think just being honest, you know, just like we would about anything that is unsavory in this world, you know, in age appropriate terms say, you know, that's, um, yeah, sometimes people sin and some, sometimes people think they're doing the right thing and, um, you know, we just have to pray for, for clarity and pray that God changes their heart. And we've had conversations with our kids because, especially because they've been so aware of the transition of like, I mean, we've explained to them, we're not spanking anymore. Um, we don't like that. God wants us to do. We've read the Bible and we've received counsel for this. And, um, and so so we're, we're trying to follow what we believe the Bible wants us to do in parenting you guys. And so sometimes that can be part of the conversation as well. Um, Cause it can be hard to be like, well, that family over there is sinning and you don't want them to, you know, walk over to another family and be like, uh, excuse me. Um, but, but yeah, just explaining like we don't believe that it's the biblical thing to do okay. and that's why we don't do it. And some other people don't agree with that and don't feel that way, but we can, like you said, we can pray for them. Um, so I, I really feel like this is an important thing to keep the conversation open about this because this is going to come up for everything and anything as you raise your children. Why is that family doing this? Why is that person doing this? Yeah. Um, but we believe that like the Bible says this, so why are they doing this? And yeah. so thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join our Facebook group, Tending Lambs Community Group. You can follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tanninglambs, and find the show notes page and lots of other gentle parenting resources at our website, tanninglambs.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.